Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I am the lead pastor here and it's great to worship with you wherever you're watching from, especially if this is your first time. Welcome. Great to have you here. Today, I want to speak to you about the kind of relationships you need in order to really follow Jesus more fully in 2022. The fact that you're watching this even right now for the few seconds or few minutes that I have you, it tells me that there's something inside of you that's at minimally, at minimal curious about this relationship with Jesus. And whether you have been following Jesus for a long time or whether you're new to faith or curious about faith, all of us can take steps towards growing in relationship with Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that is by having and surrounding ourselves with the right relationships. I'll explain that in just a second. Imagine with the remaining months of 2022 that you were just absolutely committed to becoming uh, just a, a better friend to the people around you. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't life just feel and be better, right? If all of us committed to following Jesus more fully this year and it produced us becoming better friends, having better friends, better relationships. What if you were committed to becoming just a, a, a more fully devoted follower of Jesus in the area of your life as a husband, as a wife, as a mom or dad, brother or sister, right? As you're, as you're watching this, pick whatever kind of lane you'd like to. What, what if you just were committed to following Jesus more fully in your life? What would that look like? Would, would the world not be a better place? Would your own life not be, be uh, better? Would you not be experiencing God more fully and, and, and literally living a better life? These are the things many times we don't really write it down or say it, but this is what we're after. This is what we want. We want to see God move in such a way, right, that actually produces change in our life. And one of the ways that that happens is by you learning to follow Jesus more fully. And today, we're talking about that as it pertains to the relationships in your life. See, growth happens when you have people in your life, not just people around your life, right? And, and that's one of the big ideas for today. And so as I progress through the message, much of what I'm going to be driving is this idea that you've got to have relationships in your life, not just around your life. I talk about this a lot, the, the idea that many of us live in a crowd of loneliness. We're not short on having people around us, but we're short on having people in our lives, people that know us, people that are calling us up, people that are spurring us on, encouraging us, people that are challenging us, correcting us, helping us become more fully devoted followers of Jesus. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and they got all kinds of issues as a church, right? P.S., this is a rabbit trail, but if you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find one. And when you read the Bible, guess what? I mean, the, the Bible is not short on showing you what a real church looks like. The Corinthian church 
has got issues, okay? And Paul is writing to these people that are bickering. Uh, They have their favorite preachers, their favorite pastors, right? They have the celebrity pastor complex happening and people have kind of made their divisions as to who they like and who they prefer and all the different things. There's immorality in the church and there's not enough leaders in the church and nobody's saying anything and there's not any mothers or fathers in the church who are helping shape the next generation of people following Jesus. And so Paul is writing to the Corinthian church in chapter four, and this is what he writes. He says, I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, okay? This letter would have been read. uh, One of the elders in the church would have stood up in the assembly and read it to all the people listening, okay? And Paul is is saying, listen, you've got, you have guardians, like people who know what's right and there are people who know what's wrong and they kind of, you know, they're, 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 protectors, so to speak, of, of the DNA, I guess you could say, of the church at this time. But there's not many mothers or fathers, people who are actually in your life. You've got people around you, but you don't have many people in your life. And so in short, the three things that we get out of just this little paragraph is that Paul is is inviting and encouraging and challenging, uh, you know, the Corinthian church to number one, imitate their spiritual leaders. And that would be in this sense, it would be himself as he calls himself like their father in the Lord. And he says that the way of Jesus, it needs to be seen. It's not enough just to understand it, which is why he's sending Timothy. I want to say this one more time. So imitate your spiritual leaders and also the way of Jesus. It needs to be something more than just information that's passed to you, more than things that are just taught to you. It needs to be seen. And because it needs to be seen up close and personal, Paul is sending someone who's like a son to him who will remind them of the way of Paul's life in Jesus. And so he's sending Timothy, the next best thing to himself. And Timothy is literally to be a living example to them. He's to function like a father to this church so that they can see what it looks like to actually live for Jesus. One of my favorite Bible teachers uh, is someone you maybe you you may or may not have heard of. Uh, her name is Joe Saxton, right? She's just an amazing Bible teacher. Love listening to her, and she describes this passage in Scripture with just brilliance. And she's talking about this tension that we see uh, in the Scriptures, and it's a Greek word by the name of pedagogue. Okay. Pedagogue. And if you're not familiar with that word, pedagogue is, is a reference to someone who functioned much like a nanny, right, in the Greco Roman world. 
And this nanny, uh, they, didn't, they weren't just babysitters. Their job was to teach children um, the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, basic functions of life. That was the role and responsibility of the pedagogue. What's interesting is that word pedagogue is also used in reference to the law in the Bible in the New Testament meaning that the Bible is designed to instruct you, right? And to teach you in the ways of the Lord. But an interesting thing happens to a child as they grow in maturity. When they become of age, they are invited to leave the pedagogue, right? To, to or maybe not leave the pedagogue, but add a relationship to the pedagogue. And it's that of their parent. And they go and they stand at the shoulder of their parent, and they begin to learn and apprentice what their parent does and who their parent is. And so they, they learn from the pedagogue the basic functions of life. And then they learn from their mother and father their role and function and responsibility and who they are. They get greater identity as it pertains to how they exist in this world. And so when we see Paul writing about, about having spiritual mothers and fathers, there's an immediate understanding that, that Gentiles and Jews would have understood in this moment, in the transition from, from the nanny, the pedagogue, to that of the parent. There's a maturity that's happening. There's an apprenticeship. We call this in the church world discipleship that's taking place. And you learn to walk in the steps, in the footsteps of your mom or your dad, your mother, your father. And what Joe Saxton is helping us understand or helping me understand is she's teaching this is that the reason that apprenticeship exists is that you can't really be what you can't see. I mean, I can sit and I can watch YouTube videos and I can learn a lot of things, but there's nothing like actually being next to someone and catching and learning who they are and what it is that they're doing. There's a massive difference. And here lies much of the problem in what we, do, what we call like the American church or, the, or Western church culture, right? And this isn't to shame our church culture. There are amazing things about, about the American church and the Western church. But one of the things where we struggle is that we are a people that are drawn towards inspiration and information. And this is where we, many times we find ourselves content as it pertains to growth and ministry and church growth and you becoming more like Jesus and learning to follow him. We, we love inspiration, which is why we love celebrity churches and celebrity, celebrity in general, celebrity pastors. We love inspiration. We love information. Wikipedia, bring it on, right? I mean, it, it, or uh, TED Talks and all the things. We love to learn and we get the information. But inspiration and information are not the same as imitation, and imitation, what Paul is inviting the Corinthian church to do, imitate my way of life, can only really be done by standing at the shoulder next to, up close and personal, in proximity to someone who's a little bit further ahead than you are. That's what it looks like. 
See, I'm, I'm teaching in this moment to those of you watching on camera. And I'm going to say something that might feel like I'm busting my own like, thing that I'm creating here, right, as a church. I love, I love being able to preach and teach online. I love it. I love that God has afforded us this technology. I mean, it is a, it's a gift and I cherish it. But I also want you to hear that what you're getting in this moment is information. You're getting great inspiration. And yes, I can even challenge you, right? And I can give you tools and tips and resources and you can download things. But you know what you don't have access to? My life. Like you don't have the ability to really see how I am living. You're not catching that. And so you will grow and you'll learn to follow Jesus as you're inspired and you'll learn to follow Jesus by getting information and revelation. But what you will fail to get if your ministry experience and church experience only comes to the end of the rope on this camera is that you'll never really catch what it's like to imitate someone's life. Here at High Point Church, we've got a staff, right? And our leadership team and volunteer staff. And that team of people has access to me differently than everybody else does. And my hope and prayer is that by having access to me and my life, they get to see me have bad days. Okay, they get to see that. And what that means is they get to see me actually (laughs) be humble, apologize, ask for forgiveness. They've seen me blow it. They've also seen me get it right, right? They've seen me, you know, they've seen me pray. They've seen me worship. They've seen me grieve. They've seen me cry. They've seen me far more than just the information and far more than just an inspiring message. They catch who I am as a father in the Lord, as, a, as someone who's helping lead this and shape this, they are catching it. And other people do too. And I try to give you as much of that in the sermons as possible. But again, imitation really can only happen in proximity and relationships that are up close and personal. If you don't have that kind of relationship, then really all you're getting is great information and great inspiration. And might I add, by the way, in case this sounded like it's a one-way street of me giving my life to the staff and making them better. It's a two-way street. I'm a better pastor because of the team that I have around me and me having access to their lives. I'm a better husband, a better father, right? I'm, I'm I'm a better Christian and follower of Jesus, And so what happens many times in American church, and this is how I grew up, is that we strain and stress the behavior of what it means to follow Jesus. And so we get the outside of the cup looking right, but many times we neglect the inside of the cup. And Jesus talks about this as he's preaching and rebuking and correcting the Pharisees because they've emphasized so much of the behaviors of following Jesus, but they haven't gotten the heart 
heart of following Jesus. And we know that more is caught than taught. But the only way you're going to catch something, to catch the heart of Jesus, to catch the heart of what it means to worship is to be in proximity with people who are passionate about their love for Jesus. It's the only way. Anything less is you just getting great inspiration and great information, and that changes your behavior, and that's good. But changed behavior doesn't always mean a changed heart. So there are a lot of talking parrots sitting in churches who have learned how to look right on the outside, but because they've never had the relationships needed to help them develop a heart for Jesus, a heart that follows him, a heart that's repentant, a heart that's humble, a heart that's passionate. Because they've never seen it, they have a very difficult time being it. You can't be what you don't see. I hope that makes sense this morning. Paul says it like this in chapter 11. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We see that, we, we see this drawing in to relationship with him. Follow me. Well, how can they follow his example? The only way that that would be possible is by them seeing his life. Being around him in such a way where they can see what he's doing. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Join together in following my example. This is his letter to the Philippian church. Brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. In other words, follow my example. Oh, and also other people that are following my example and they're living like we do, keep your eyes on them. In other words, follow them. Do what they're doing. But it's not just the kind of thing where you, 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 you know, where it's pen to paper. There's the relationship and proximity where you can be up close and personal and move in your life from being an infant in the Lord to someone who's mature in the Lord. And I have news for you. Many of us never achieve or get to maturity in Christ because we fail to have the kind of relationships that are up close and personal where you get to see what it looks like to really follow Jesus doesn't mean you're not a Christian. I want that to be clear. But you're going to find yourself running into just roadblock after roadblock of real growth until you have relationships. It's one of the reasons why we find ourselves, you know, you go without real relationships in a church. You can sit in a church. And you can hear amazing preaching and have powerful worship. But until you actually have like genuine relationships, it's amazing how many people still describe their life in Christ as dry, as just I'm tired and I'm worn out. Well, one of the things that brings vibrancy and life is you having relationships with other people. God has designed you this way. And yes, I'm using relationship broadly, 
Yes, I want you to have friends in a church and around you who encourage you, but specifically in this message, I'm talking to you about relationships with people who actually spur you on to greater depth in your relationship with Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. How on earth do you see if Timothy is living a pure life? Or how do you know what his speech looks like unless you're in relationship with him or have proximity to him? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. So all of these relationships, Paul sending Timothy, uh, Paul writing to these churches is designed to give them access to him. And he would go and he'd show up and he would live there many times for several years, allowing people to see him and have relationship with him. And so why don't we have these kind of relationships? I mean, there's a thousand and one reasons. But in Western culture for us, one of the reasons is we don't make the time for it. We just don't have time. Or we, let me rephrase that. We think we don't have time many, many times. Uh, we don't know, we don't, we don't want to be vulnerable. And I've experienced this where I don't want people in my life. I say I want to grow and I say I want greater relationship with Jesus. But what I also don't want on the other side of that coin is I don't want people to know the real me. I don't want them to know what I'm going through or how I feel or, or what I'm struggling with or this or that or pick your thing. I, I don't want that. And so I, I, I can in one breath say, Jesus, come on in, Holy Spirit, and then stiff arm the very people who are actually, uh, you know, that God is using through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring growth to my life. But it's both and. It's not one or the other. You have to have both. Or maybe this is just how it's always been. Some of you are watching. And the reality is you've grown up going to church. And what I'm describing to you, it's just kind of foreign. Because you grew up going to church, sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair learning Bible verses, going to Bible school, Bible class before church, going into the main sanctuary or auditorium for a few songs, communion, uh, worship, the preaching, offering, then everything is over and you go home or you go out to eat at Perkins, right? Or wherever it is that you went out to eat at. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Perkins. <sighs> Good times. Mm. But there's more to it than that. There's way more than getting great information, and you need information. Don't hear me knocking that. You need to understand the truths of Scripture. You need to be inspired. The Holy Spirit, literally, the breath, God's word to us is inspiration. So again, I'm not saying you don't need those things, but the third arm in this moment, imitation, only comes by having relationships. People who are mature, more mature than you, helping you get to the next place. So what do we do about this? Here's what I want to, here's what I'm going to invite you to do today. Your big idea is simple. But it's going to require something of you. Your big idea is to take a step. 
I'm going to be cheesy for a minute, okay? I want you to just literally say this out loud wherever you're watching this from. I need to take a step. <sighs> I need to take a step. Say it, right? You may be watching, you may be watching from your bathroom on your phone right now, right? On your couch. You may be in bed. You may be at the office, right? Maybe you need to just whisper it under your breath. I don't know where you're watching from. Technology has afforded us the luxury of being able to experience this from anywhere, right? I need to take a step. I need to take a step in to someone else's life and I need to invite someone to take a step into mine. Or flip it. I need to invite someone to take a step into my life and I need to take a step in to someone else's. Take a step. I'm not saying that this is always easy and I'm not suggesting that just... I realize these kinds of messages can feel thin in the sense where I'm just, it sounds like I'm just saying, well, go make some new friends, right? And I'm not saying that. Not to mention that's also difficult and I get it. It is. That's hard. But what I am suggesting is that you have to take the initiative for growth in your life. And there are people in your church I promise you there are people in your church that you can take a step in to their life. And that means knocking on the door. That means asking them for coffee. That means asking if you can come to their life group. That means reorienting your schedule. And I realize we don't like to do that. We don't like to change our rhythms and change our timetables and change our things. It might mean reorienting your schedule so that you can make a life group or a coffee or a, a thing. One of the things that we have in our church that we're going to be uh, rolling out as a, as a fun campaign in the next couple months is the Purple Book. And you can literally ask someone to go through the Purple Book with you. Maybe you've never been through it. It's literally a biblical foundations book. And you can ask somebody who has to take you through it. Or maybe you have gone through it and this is your time and your chance to invite somebody into your life and you can ask it if you can ask to take them through it. Simple. Take a step. Take a step and invite someone into your life. That means you're going to have to carve out time. There is no way around this. Spiritual growth requires time. And I have heard it said, and I, I don't know that I necessarily disagree. I, I, I'm shooting from the hip on this, but that for Westerners, our greatest idol is time. And I could push back on that, but there's something to be said about the grip that we have. I mean, we manage literally our very minutes in our calendar. <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we are, I mean, we just, we're tight on it. And if you want to grow and you need to grow, you're going to have to let go of some of that time and give it to the people around you that God's put in your life. People who can mentor you and people that you need to mentor. God's called you to be fathered and mothered in the Lord. And he's also calling you to become 
a father and mother in the Lord. The only way that happens is time with people, investing and being invested in the amazing relationships that God's put in your life. So today, identify some of those relationships. Have courage, reach out, and take a step. Maybe it's a life group. Maybe, maybe it's the simple place as just a coffee. Start there and see what God wants to do. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for moving in the hearts of uh, all of us who are watching right now. God, we want to follow you. We want to follow you more fully. And I'm asking that you would give us the courage to take a step today. God, to pick up the phone, to send a text message. Lord, to set up a coffee, to attend a life group. Uh, God, to, to, to sit next to somebody new at church, if it's really something as simple as that. God, to bridge the gap, uh, Lord, and begin stepping out in courage, taking a step and letting you use the relationships in our life. Help us to follow you. Amen. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week.